This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. of the two-headed nerd my name is matt bomb i am your head number one and today on the show we have a thanksgiving feast for you we are going to present you with a very special slack issues celebrating the 30th anniversary of the death of superman this one is something and let me tell you you are gonna have to sweat it off afterwards just like your turkey dinner i hope you guys all have a happy thanksgiving and we'll see you next week when we're back with our regular programming Ladies, gentlemen, listeners, patrons, welcome to another special holiday episode of Slack Issues. Part one of, I hope, only a two-part epic. If it's more than two, uh, I quit. All right, this is painful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> epic retrospective. Look, we were all we were going to do this all in one go. It's so true. The writing was on the wall pretty quick that that was not going to happen. But we are doing a deep dive into the death and return of Superman, something that Matt Bomb has never read. Yeah, everybody else has read this. Is that right? I'm the only one. Don't act like anyone's in the room until they're introduced. Have you ever done this before? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I just want to make sure I'm the only guy. It, this You're is the only one. My personal slack issues. Well, except so. for <laughs> except for our except for our youngest panelist, Hugo Tverdic. Hugo, welcome to the Ziggurat. Uh, he is joined by his father, John, and our good friend, Mr. Mick. We're just going to call him Mick for the duration of this podcast. Uh, as not to confuse everyone, his name is also Joe. So I do like hear, John's only claim to fame is that he's Hugo's dad. I like that. Yeah, it, right. Uh, I mean, that's it's accurate. That's uh, it's you know the truth is what the it is. The father of the reason that we bleep our f bombs. It's Mr. True. Hugo's dad. <laughs> Hugo, Hugo is Hugo is the reason why we stopped cussing so much on the show. Or at least I did. Well, I try my best, Matt. <laughs> Habits are hard to break. Uh, this actually does come at special request from the Tverdic family. Uh, they thought it would be a fun idea to do this deep dive into the death and return of Superman. I wholeheartedly agreed. Our friend Joe, Mr. Mick, also was on board. Matt Bomb is here out of grudging... Uh, Sheer anger. Obligation. <laughs> okay, this is also the 30th anniversary. Uh, we up. happen to be, and it happens to be oh, the, the 30th anniversary year of the death of Superman, correct? Which makes me feel really grossly old. That's disgusting. Yes. Right. So let's get into some history about the event. Death of Superman was a crossover that ran through the Superman family of titles, plus one issue each of Justice League America and Green Lantern from December 1992 through October 1993. Now, it was told as a trilogy of story arcs, including... The first, Death of Superman, also known as Doomsday! Exclamation point. Funeral for a friend and reign of the Superman. The crossover was inspired by an unlikely source. 
Sales of the Superman comics were in decline in the early 90s, thanks in part to the popularity of more extreme characters like Spawn and the Punisher. I'm sure Lobo and Wolverine were in the mix. Also, and, some really bad Superman comics. <laughs> well, I mean... This hey, is a rough time! Save it. Let's be real. And so it was that, well, yes, the, uh, also the stories were nothing to write home about at the time. And so it was that the Superman editorial and creative team planned an epic storyline centered on the engagement and eventual wedding of Lois Lane and Clark Kent. However, the story was postponed to accommodate a similar storyline in the TV series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Are you kidding True me? story. Are I am you not kidding me? In, in, <laughs> In hindsight, I'm sure they regret that decision. Well, maybe not because Death oh. of Superman was a sales juggernaut. But while pitching possible replacements, writer Jerry Ordway, writer and artist Jerry Ordway, jokingly suggested that they should kill Superman and the rest is history. When news broke that DC planned to kill Superman, a beloved cultural icon, the death of Superman received unprecedented coverage from the mainstream media. Superman 75, which features his death, sold over 6 million copies and became the top-selling comic of 1992. Uh, for comparison, the highest-selling comic book of today uh, will sell a couple hundred thousand if they're very lucky. And uh, that is also... Those are some Jimbo anime numbers. Oh, yeah, yes, for sure. Uh, and that is also... Uh, that decline is also thanks in part to the death of Superman, which I'm going to get to in a second. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years and the sudden departure of an audience that only came for the spectacle led to a crash in the comic book market and the death of thousands, literally thousands of comic book shops across the United States. Uh, it broke the comic market and the market has never recovered. That's true. Now let's get into it. We are, uh, I love my title here, Doomsday, the death of Superman is the first uh we're going to cover the first two arcs the death and the funeral in this special reign of the superman is a big old beefy boy of a storyline we're going to save that for part two <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be their christmas gift this year Fair we'll, enough. We'll, this is this is their thanksgiving gift that'll be their christmas gift matt because so, in my opinion this is the this is the good stuff are you rain kidding me? a little wonky are you kidding me rain rain is um <laughs> i'm looking forward to rain of the superman like finally <laughs> maybe some action can start <laughs> rain, it's, yes uh rain of the superman it's like rain of the superman has all of the action uh outside outside of the death issues obviously but all of the character stuff, like there are some good, we'll get to it, but there's some like actual good emotional stuff in these pages Agreed. that rain, that rain is just like, forget that we did all that. We cried all our tears. Now it's time to punch robots in the face. So we'll get to that. We'll get there. But I also read some stuff where I'm not just read, but like listen to some people talk in some interviews today about the differences between funeral funeral for a friend and reign of the Superman. And like people were going, I'm done with the funeral. <laughs> like, I am not buying funeral anymore. Went on the, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I like, I haven't read up enough. I don't know if there is a historical record as to why the funeral was an eight part story instead of like, Boy, I just taking place in one issue each. I can't seem to figure Superman. it out either. <laughs> um, but, you know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's start yeah, at the beginning. Well, you, you guys will have a chance to give your thoughts as we go. So, 
Uh, here is a breakdown of the the major players in the death and return of Superman, or at least the uh, death and funeral. You've got Clark Kent and Lois Lane, obviously, pa, Ma and Pa Kent, Jonathan and Martha Kent, Lex Luthor Jr., who is the actual oh Lex Luthor oh in a boy. clone body. <laughs> he is the real Lex Luthor in a clone body posing as his own Australian son. Okay. Like, can we, let's just stop right there for a second. Because I, <laughs> first of all, I didn't know, like I, Matt, I, it's to throw people off the scent, Matt. Don't even bother asking the question. I am aware that Lex did a thing and there was a Lex jr. I was not aware. I swear to God, I was not I'm an atheist. I yeah. swear to Superman that I was not <laughs> aware that this was actually Lex pretending to be his own He's, kid yes. with the craziest uh, red hair you've ever seen and a terrifying uh, so, beard and no mustache so he kind of looks got like high he's got the beard and mustache <laughs> um, so the reason the reason why Lex is in a clone body is because uh, in a very interesting and fun storyline some years prior uh, Lex learned that uh, surprise kryptonite is not actually harmless to humans it's still radioactive so wearing a chunk of it on your finger for any length of time is a bad idea gives you the cancer he, he got the cancer and was going to die a slow painful death he faked his death and they saved his brain the, the, the name of the trade is actually called they saved luthor's brain yeah, we read and it's that all issue. done up like a a b movie like a, an old b movie it's really fun we reviewed the issue where like the the failed clone came out and was like i'm dying he's like uh, see that it's was, not uh, me i'm not guilty <laughs> that was uh that was an underworld that was an underworld unleashed yes. tie-in uh, where we were reviewing Ooh. deals with the devil uh lex <laughs> lex lex blamed the destruction of metropolis on his own failed clone yeah uh, which is just what a wild ride. And then anyway. pretended to be his own kid. And I can't yeah, tell you uh, how to Anyway, it was upsetting. His own Australian kid. His, his own Australian, Australian kid. It's very important. It's very important. Australian. Why? Hugo, I, like, you tell me. There's no earthly reason why I, he needed to be I, Australian. <laughs> so Hugo was like, reading it today and saw, he's like, oh, daddy's British because he said bloody. And I was like, actually, oh. <laughs> you're ready for this. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that I, I, the reason, the reason I think is that um, it's part of the cover story, right? Like he was raised outside of the United States, so he's got a foreign accent. Uh, blah blah blah. But he's bad well, at like, it too. He's like, boy, well, it's just me, Australian well, Lex. Blo- blo- Fair blo- dinkum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I what I like what I like to think is that Lex was like trying on like new voices yeah. when he was test driving his body, and yeah. he was like. Ooh, I like this. That's not he went with Richard like, Branson. Exactly. Right. And he was like, exactly. I, and now he's committed. He said it. He did it in front of too many people. The USA president, not the Australian president, the USA but president. But this is just like when Madonna married Guy Ritchie and then Madonna was British for 15 she minutes. Remember that? British. Yeah, it happens. I guess. These things happen. Anyway, enough about Lex Luthor. Uh, Supergirl, which is not the Supergirl many of you are familiar with. This is Supergirl. <laughs> who is also known as Matrix, or affectionately, she is called May. Uh, She is the genetically engineered protector of a dead parallel Earth. Okay, real quick. I did not know. (laughs) What was the... the, At least I was thinking for Lex. punched, and then her face goes... She turns into silly putty. There's an issue where they stop, and Lex Luthor is like, ah, yeah, I remember that time when they took my brain and they put me in... And I went, okay, now I know what's going on with Lex. No explanation as to what is going on with Supergirl here at 
at all. Other well, than so, she turns into a purple monster you, at one point, and she's definitely you, sleeping with Lex Luthor. <laughs> she has, if you were so, read, like, if, I remember the time if you read like right up to that, you kind of were already on the train. Yeah, like you Supergirl knew what was going. Supergirl was like, a regular presence in the books at the time, yeah, so she was not as strange to anybody regularly reading. I'm the books. sure, but like no explanation whatsoever. If no, you just true. pick this up. Um, when I would see how Superman dies, and you read the next issue, you're gonna go, she, what? <laughs> at one point. In the first book, she's burnt to a crisp. Yes. Yes, in the and death Lex of Superman. Lu- and Lex Luthor finds, him, finds her, and then she just transforms into normal She Supergirl. is a shape changer. She has the ability to One change One of my favorite shape. parts. Uh, and so, yeah. So she is the she is a, a, gene- a genetically engineered, you know, uh, artificial life form. Uh, you know, ascension, like the vision kind of artificial life form. She is from a dead parallel earth where our Superman was forced, quote unquote, forced to execute three Kryptonian super criminals. So she's from the universe where Superman had to kill those Kryptonians. Oh, boy. She spent some time being nursed back to health by the Kent family, which is how she knows them. <laughs> and she remained she remained close to them. She is currently shacking up with Lex Jr., unaware that he is capital E evil. No, my um, favorite part of that, their relationship is Lex, like, finds her, like, whatever purple form, regular form, absolutely repulsive. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, oh, he, baby. Because it's like, oh, there's, 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 there's something. Back, uh, dear. Uh, <laughs> there, there, was, there was one, uh, there is one recurring, like, character theme with Lex Luthor since the beginning of this uh, era uh, since the post-crisis era and that is that Lex Luthor is super into hot chicks yeah all of his employees are hot women except for like the some of the scientists now I don't want to get anything touchy with Hugo here but I will say Supergirl's name is Supergirl she is a child and yes she's not a child he is in a de-aged body but he's still a man and she's a girl. She's, she's not a girl. She is an yes, artificial life form. Well, okay, thank you. I would argue she is. I well, I mean, well, if you you're right. Get down no, to, this oh. one is a purple life form that Lex can if make. You wanna argue in a, semant- yeah. Like if you want to argue semantics, she's probably like five years old. I suppose. So, okay. Gross. If you really want to get dig deep into it. So, so uh, one very quick just sort of comment about all of this. We haven't done yeah. the story yet. But is <laughs> Uh, Matt, I, I totally hear you're insane oh reading God. this. I was blown away again. Like, oh yeah, this did happen. And this happened because I forgot a lot of it. <laughs> However, this is like super, in my opinion, this is at the time DC being like, we're going to try like X-Men style plots and insanity yes. with Metropolis and all these characters. And so all that crazy shit that Joe just went through, if, Somebody has said that was happening in X-Men. You'd be like, okay. That's, no, I that's totally fine. agree. That makes sense. I, I 100% agree. And, and I've got five pages of notes here as well. And if you look at my notes, my bullet points, I keep saying, was this happening in Superman? Is this normal for Superman? This is all normal. It was this, <laughs> it was this window, though. I, uh, like, it did because it was, I mean, when I jumped 92. on it, anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. Like, and it, it was, I don't feel like in the 80s it was this crazy. No, but. there's Jack. No. They can do crazy stuff. And X-Men, they can do crazy stuff. But in Superman, you're like, how does this fit in? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It felt you're right. strange. Like, when the Jack Kirby stuff shows up later, that also feels out of place for different reasons. But this, yeah. some of um, this 
felt absolutely bizarre. So, uh, I mean, there there are some there are some things that are definitely like unusual if you aren't already aware. Like right. this uh, this era, the post crisis era, the Superman books they very much include a lot of Jack Kirby's like Jimmy Olsen stuff, um, like Project like Cadmus and uh, and the and the. We'll get to Project Cadmus, and I I've got feelings. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, I'm going to stop interrupting every time I have questions. I okay. do have a lot. We will get to so, them in the issues. So, uh, so uh, I just want to, like, uh, something about this particular volume and era of, of the Superman titles is that they very much embraced what Jack Kirby did at DC in the 70s, uh, specifically uh, in the pages of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. So all of the Cadmus stuff, all of the the thing with the, the wild... Uh, the Habitat. The, Habitat, like, they're uh, called the wildlings or the wild things or the furbies or something. The they got some wagon <laughs> shows up. The, <laughs> the newsboy legion. Yeah, the, <laughs> the newsboy legion. The new. Yeah, so we're gonna oh, we're gonna get to that. Stuff so, they should have never done again. <laughs> we are gonna get to it. Relax. If you look, if it was good enough for Kirby, we doubting Kirby. Come on. No, I'm uh, saying it worked when Kirby was crazy and doing it. Nobody else should <laughs> ever do that again. What you didn't think? You didn't want to see Flippa Dippa in his out in his actual Absolutely outfit. Absolutely not. Absolutely of Project not. Cadmus in his scuba gear? Oh, Come on. He, he just goes by Flip now, by the way. Oh, he does. He Give does just go by Flip. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, oh, one last note on Supergirl because that's what we were talking about before. Um, oh. This is the Supergirl that would go on to the very well regarded Peter David series. Whoa. Time out. So she's this the, is the angel? same character. This is the angel Supergirl. She. Uh, he, he, without having to go into the whole thing, yes, this is this is the Supergirl that becomes the the with the angelic powers. Yes, she's oh not my God, literally I hate this. She's <laughs> not so literally much. an angel from heaven, like what you're thinking. If you've heard this only for the first time, oh no! But yes, this is the Peter David. This is the Peter David Supergirl. Um, right oh, now, no. she's like still trying to figure out her life, which is why she's with Lex. Very quickly after this, she realizes, oh no, Lex is bad and gets the heck out of there. Okay, so, I just sweat through my shirt. I realize it's an audio right, podcast. I don't know. You. you guys can't see this, but I literally right, just sweat well, through my shirt. We can <laughs> see it as a visual for us. Uh, we've got the Daily Planet staff, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, etc. We've got the Metropolis Special Crimes Unit. Oh, God. The, these are the cops that deal with, like, you know, superpowered stuff. Uh, they are led by Maggie Sawyer. And Dan Turpin, who is also a Jack Kirby character, Maggie Sawyer would uh, go on to uh, run the GCPD in Gotham Central and would almost marry Batwoman. So she's a character still today. I would argue Maggie Sawyer was treated worse than any character in these stories by the artists that I could think of. They drew her so weird. So uh, weird. The entire I don't know. <laughs> no, the, no. The, the head of Cadmus looks the worst. Like he yeah. looks. Oh, he crazy. looks so, bad. I, I almost, I almost he made a note. Like this. He's yeah. evil. That's how he you know looks he's bad. bad. But I'm saying Maggie, uh, like they would draw her completely butch, looking topless with body armor on. Next panel, she's a lesbian, fully That's how clothed. You know she's a lesbian, and she has like a weird ponytail with a little black bow in it, and she's like. <laughs> It was so it's, strange. This, They're all you know, when the we talk about like look like the Max. Yeah, yes, did look like I agree. When we when <laughs> yes. we when we talk about Superman books wearing the clothes of X Men books, this was them going, okay, then let's grab some Batman as well. Oh and yeah, drop it in. Oh yeah, They're I mean, uh, They're and, playing around. Like, and to be perfectly fair, like at the time, this is this is when the Superman titles. Uh, 
the comic book industry at the time. These books were selling even without the speculation of the death of Superman. Sure, sure. It was not uncommon for comic books to sell a million copies uh, or at the very least hundreds of thousands. Like the market was very different. Right. Way more people read comics. There were way more comic book stores all over the place. Yeah. And you had like and the so, supermarket racks too. That totally. Yeah, yeah. Spinner, spinner racks, newsstands, yeah. uh, bookstores. This is back when we still had like Walden Books and B. Dalton and Absolutely. all that stuff. Um, and these characters were so popular that when one book wouldn't do, we would have two. And if we're going to have two, we might as well have three. And if we're going to have three, why not have five? We better have five. <laughs> and that was actually, that's literally like at the peak, Superman had. Superman had uh, four monthly titles, and if you do that math, that comes out to only 48 issues a year. So they introduced a fifth title that came out quarterly, which means there was a Superman comic on the stands literally once a week. Crazy. Let's but let me that. like go to, go to Legend today and tell me how many Batman books are on the shelf. Uh, it's 30 <laughs> like literally yeah, 30. No, it's true it's very very <laughs> true and they did the same thing with batman back then because yeah. you had batman detective legends of the dark knight shadows dark of the bat and that's that's what they did they were just flooding the market flooding okay. the market flooding the market and it, detective comics. before we move yep. on quick thought on turpin and in my notes i wrote he dresses like a security guard at a sprite sponsored <laughs> theme park because he wears green <laughs> and yellow striped pants and a bowler hat. What he, is he wearing? Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Dick Tracy villain. Like if you like saw like a Dick totally Tracy back yes. at a different time for sure. If you Wait, saw him I'm, walking around, you would say that's not a cop. That is a crazy person. That person uh, needs help. <laughs> his uh, his nickname is terrible, oh. terrible, terrible Turpin. He would uh, he would go on to become a regular character on the Superman animated series. If you remember that, he didn't dress and like that also, on the series, though, right? What he didn't dress like that on the animated series? Well, probably not in green and yellow. No, but okay, he wore a good. bowler hat and the right. weird pants and suspenders. So yeah, I don't he dressed like an old timey. Yeah, and he would in Final Crisis uh, get possessed by the spirit of Darkseid and happens. die. It happened. That's he became the new body of Darkseid. Sorry, oh, that's Dan. right. I remember that. That's right. And then Batman, <laughs> you know, Batman shot him with a time bullet. Yeah, it happens. All right, we got Project Cadmus, everybody's favorite shady government organization. They are known for performing dangerous genetic experiments and hiring literal mad scientists. Uh, there is a character in their employee named Dabney Donovan, who is an old Jack Kirby villain. He is literally just like an evil mad scientist. He's like the mad thinker. And he creates just an unending stream of genetic nightmares. Uh, ostensibly for the United States government. Okay, so did they create the entire underworld population? We're going to get to it. Oh, God. Guardian For all is, we know, some of those monsters could have them. They just take a person like, oh, what mess with their genes. For all we know, some of those huge monsters could have been babies. Wow, could, that's could dark, have Hugo. But, you're, but you are right. Not like, some of the wow. some of the under some of the underworld. We're, we'll get we'll circle back to under, underworld in just one second. I hate you the underworld. Guardian. So underworld Guardian is, is regrettably the worst. Part oh, of the whole and and yet they are in this so much, so much. <laughs> You've so got much. Guardian, who is the. Guardian is the Cadmus chief of security. He's a golden age hero. The he was a, he actually existed. He was a golden age hero. 
who is living a second chance at life thanks to a young cloned body. You've got Double X, who is a member of Project Cadness. He's Guardian's friend. He's a powerful telepath, and he is the future mentor and companion of Superboy, who we will not meet in this installment in this episode. Double X, he threw me for a whirl. <laughs> that was something. Uh, he, he is he is what is uh, he is what is affectionately known as a DN alien. Uh, to the members of the Project Cadmus. Okay, so if you've never seen him, he's gray and he's got yellow horns. And when he walks around, nobody... purple. No, he is gray. You're right. He wears purple. Nobody points and screams, oh my God, there's a devil here. (laughs) Like, he just shows up and they're like, ah, Dubalex is here. Don't worry, he can read minds and stuff. (laughs) In your mind's eye, when you remember this arc and you go, okay, when he falls dead, Bloodwind's there, which is a random-ass character. Oh God, don't get me started. Lois, Lois is there. Jimmy's there and then you're like and then this vague Tolkien creature is like standing around <laughs> there's a monster like I forget about him I forget about him every yeah. time until I see that I'm like oh he double was X, there that's X. really weird he's just a monster <laughs> double X he's like a, he looks like a monster that put on one of the uh, the guardians uh, like on Oa like took one of their like yeah oh, sure like a guardian yeah. onesie not, like look he's he's like a nightcrawler right he looks like a monster but he is not a monster he is actually a very good man a gen- again it was it's like it was the, just give as many characters with as many different right. entry points into this nightcrawler is a good looking right. guy nightcrawler can like pull dates double x is a monster yeah, but the, the nightcrawler, <laughs> right. all right we're not getting into that there we're was not, nothing we're not getting into that with you the rage. now there is yeah. nothing all right let's finally rip the bandit off underworld is a group of failed clones and genetic experiments exiled from project cadmus they live in the sewers beneath metropolis i couldn't uh, hate them more i could not hate them more <laughs> there's, a, there's at least uh, there's at least one or two uh homeless dudes that live with them by choice just because they have nowhere else to be why not got a frog you can crawl in and scuba dive with there's a, there's <laughs> yeah, frog. Yeah, frog is the best part about underworld oh, several, uh, several of them oh, uh, several of several of them have superpowers including <sighs> cluster cluster who is like the thing but with spikes i, I don't know it's hard to describe they're not even spikes uh, are like feathers that stick he, out of his head my I mean, biggest problem spikes. with them like is bones. he looks like Doomsday. He looks he's like, like sort of, sort of, yeah, yeah. He sort of does. Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Dumb. You got Professor Emil Hamilton, who is a former Star Labs scientist and Superman's scientific advisor, and you know they're science buddies. Bibbo Bobowski. Oh, Bibbo. Bibbo Superman. Superman, my favorite. Bibbo. I texted uh, Joe and I was like, is Bibbo special? Bibbo <laughs> like, has, I didn't know. Bibbo, like, I didn't know. All right. So He's Bibbo. The, it's the thing. It, yeah. Bibbo is the owner of the Aso Club's bar in Suicide Slum in Metropolis. He is Superman's self-proclaimed biggest fan. When Doomsday attacks, Bibbo helps uh, Emil Hamilton and Superman in their efforts to stop Doomsday. We will get to that. Bibbo is a prize fighter, a former prize fighter, and he has been through the ringer. And so he's got like the colander ear or the cauliflower ears, the colander and, like ear. <laughs> cauliflower ears. But, but like he's been, he is, he's like Rocky if Rocky was way less successful. Okay. You know now, what I'm now I would argue that depending on the writer, Bibbo can be written as like, he's kind of a lunk. And then other people are like, no, 
Bibbo needs like a live-in nurse. Like <laughs> Bibbo's like in real trouble. <laughs> yeah. All right, you've got Mitch. Mitch is an ungrateful oh, little jerk. Jesus, Mitch. His <laughs> own Mitch. Oh, love him. You Mitch. would love last, Mitch, Mick. <laughs> last name not given. His home is destroyed by Doomsday, and he learns his lesson and later becomes a superhero. We will touch on that. The Justice League. I hate him more. I hate him more than Matt hates the underworld. Oh boy, yeah, Mitch sucks. He's I don't think that's possible. So Mitch, Mitch has a redemption is, arc, though. Redemption does arc. He does. I went on a journey. I went on a journey with Mitch where we first meet Mitch and they just like cut to this panel. Mitch is like skateboarding and he's like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, the weekend rips. And I was like, Yeah, it does, Mitch. (laughs) Right on. Like, this guy, he probably listens to metal. He skateboards. He's okay. And then the next panel, he's like, Screw you, mom. This place sucks. Why'd you make dad leave? And I was like, No wonder dad left. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder dad left. He's also like his favorite favorite band is Guns N' Roses because it's 1990. Yeah, you know, I mean, I get it. We all liked them at one point. The Justice League. I never uh, did. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) The Justice Justice League, which is currently populated by weirdos and losers. The worst. Uh, This is the worst Justice League lineup, right? Even though we're supposed to take them seriously, though, at this point. The worst Justice League lineup. They're so bad. They're so bad. Why is Guy Gardner a, a, a member? Because he hates... He hates like everything. everything. He and hates everybody. Not only he has that, like no ethics. Like I get I having know. one foil on the team. Like, all right, Guy Gardner's the bad boy. He does a thing. Oh, but then we also have Maxima, who is a total jerk that doesn't Ma- want to help anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, she sucks so bad. So, uh, the, a little bit of background: the Justice League at this time, not too long before this, the era of the funny. Keith Giffen, JMD Mateus, Justice League came to an end. Right. And so Justice League and Justice Justice League America and Justice League Europe got kind of this soft reboot. The the numbering didn't relaunch, but they got this kind of soft reboot where the big guns like Superman and Green Lantern came in to bring a pedigree to the team or whatever. I oh, forget. Gotcha, I'm, gotcha. Trying search, right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to search for the word gravitas. Yeah. Gravitas. Yes. Or um, I would argue someone who doesn't suck. To the team. Sure. <laughs> but he, but, and, and yet this is your lineup. Maxima, who is an alien queen. That's hot for Superman's bot. That's the only reason why she's there. Uh, Guy Gardner, who as already stated is a jerk. That, why is he have a yellow ring? At, at this point in time, he has lost his Green Lantern status. He's currently wielding Sinestro's yellow wing, ring really? that he oh. fought for and okay. and, and claimed. Right. Yeah, I'll buy it. It happens again. It happens again later. He has a yellow ring during uh, when he joins like the, the bad guys in this. Oh, he has court. a red ring. He gets a red ring. He, oh, he, he you're right. A red I'm sorry. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is before all that. So this is just when like Sinestro's ring is just like a green lantern ring, but it's yellow. Yeah. You know, it's not like fear based or whatever. Yeah. We didn't think about it too hard. <laughs> this was before that. All that gotcha. stuff. Bloodwind. Uh, oh, you've got Booster, Golden, and Guy Gardner, who are mainstays in the Justice League at this point. And uh, you've got Ice as well, who is. She got ice powers. She should be. Uh, ice is, I'm okay with ice. Bloodwind is like a Martian Manhunter, like lights. Oh, uh, it's funny you should say that. Okay, time out. Uh, 
I, I wait, wrote wait. I, I wrote here I wrote here in my notes that Bloodwind is a spooky mystery. Uh, oh, is he? So we are gonna we'll get to that when we talk about the Justice League issue. We'll talk about uh, Bloodwind a little bit more. I hate Bloodwind so much. I'm and then, if he is, if he is, if he is I don't know if I hate Maxima more than Bloodwind. It's definitely close. <laughs> so, Finally, you've got Doomsday. He's bad news. We don't know much about him at this point in time. Uh, it will eventually be revealed that Doomsday is an ancient Kryptonian experiment called the Ultimate. Oh. He was engineered, like prehistoric. He was engineered with the ability to evolve with each death. Prehistoric, and, like cavemen made him? Like in prehistoric, uh, when Krypton was uninhabitable to regular life okay scientists came and built a lab on krypton and they and uh, the main scientist's mission was to create the ultimate super being gotcha and they made that could survive in any environment and he created ultimately doomsday okay so another thing that i blissfully blocked from my memory was the fact that he laughs and i couldn't get around that (laughs) every time he did something he, he would laugh like crush a bird or punch Superman, yeah. he would laugh. And I was like, why is he laughing? <laughs> he also speaks and he can talk, but he's not good at it. He goes, ma tra So Doomsday, uh, Doomsday has the ability to come back from the dead, evolved with the ability to adapt and overcome whatever killed him so previously stupid. that is so i actually stupid. think that's a really cool power <laughs> okay so how does he adapt and come back from getting punched to death next time you can't punch <laughs> him to death what no like he, that's not like every like when when doomsday comes back every time it's harder for superman to stop him like, like you have to punch him yeah. even harder or punches don't kill him no like uh (laughs) so in in the sequel uh, where we learn the origin of doomsday that's where he beats up dark side should be required reading superman doomsday hunter prey is the name of it yeah and he beats up dark side like doomsday doomsday beats up dark side yeah right yeah that's great and we learn the origin of doomsday the only way that superman can beat doomsday is by uh taking him forward to the end of time and leaving him there. I mean, that would suck. I kept, I kept asking myself, like, why doesn't he just fly him into space and give him a push? You know, well, they tried that, Matt. They tried that, and See we'll ya. talk about that in part two. Okay, all right, all right. So, unfortunately, Doomsday remembered the agony of all of his repeated deaths, and was, de- and he developed an insane hatred for all life. That is After- not in this story. We agree with that. No, it's yeah. in the sequel where we learn the origin okay. of Doomsday. Okay, I'm just making sure. Again, stop telling me what you don't know. I already know that you don't know anything. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't miss something because, like, no. I we barely meet Doomsday. No, in this, this, to be honest. this infor- this information is all from the sequel where we learn Doomsday's origin. Okay. Uh, after a rampage spanning several planets, Doomsday was imprisoned and then fired into the depths of space. His prison capsule eventually drifted and landed on Earth. We're talking like it could have been. Hundreds of thousands of years. Very Superman, though. And it became buried deep underground, which is where we find him now at the beginning of the death of Superman part one. Oh. <laughs> Let's get into the story. 
Hugo's holding Hugo, up the cover. Okay, Man I will of say, Steel. This cover. Superman, the Man of Steel, number eighteen. It's a great cover. This cover kicks ass. It's it's, it's very rad. cool. Very good. Issue. He walks like this, and when he crushes the bird, he just goes like this. He just. <laughs> Like Joker style laughter. Yeah, he, he does. does. And tosses back and he laughs. He's a bad guy. So after several what? issues, what? he because he's got an insane hatred for all life, Hugo. Yep. Even tiny birds and deer. Yeah, deer. So he hates trucks. We'll get to that trucks. later. Oh, so Doomsday, when we meet Doomsday, he's all wrapped up and... Uh, he's got one free arm. So it's very obvious that he has been contained, right? right? He's been locked up for some reason, but he's got one arm loose after several issues of teases featuring his meaty fist, smashing its way through a metal wall. The beast is loose and somewhere curse you on her- for making me read those before we got this list. Okay. I, I told you, you I could am skip them. so upset about that. I gave you a list of, <laughs> I gave you a list of all the things you could skip and those were on it. Like, so don't blame me. But I got that list after I read those. I'm like, these are not tie-ins. That's <laughs> not my fault. Happening. So the, the quote that we get here is somewhere on earth, uh, which has to mean the United States, because as yet doomsday does not have the ability to, fly transcontinental yeah he kind of jumped <laughs> he, he's just he he's jumps. just walking he's with maybe some jumps he could do like the hulk jump where he jumps really far though yeah yeah, yeah. so but I, for now i assume that he's in the american midwest okay uh the creature soon to be known as doomsday has clawed his way out of his underground prison we don't need to worry about that quite yet as the underworlders have decided <sighs> to take over a metropolis power station in order to commandeer enough energy to power their war machines. Whose idea was How? the underworld stuff? Was this all Louise Simonson? It seemed well, to- I mean, you could still, I don't know if Kirby created them or if they're just Kirby inspired because they came from Cadmus, but they're very Kirby. In these stories, they seem to only pop up in the man of steel stuff. They do pop up in others because uh, there's an issue of adventures of Superman where Supergirl fights Closter. All right. All right. Uh, during God. the funeral storyline. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. They do appear. They do appear a lot in man of steel. So yeah. I, it's safe to assume that Louis Simonson came up with the underworld. I have my main oh, note on this one is in all caps. And I says, I hate this story. <laughs> yeah. my, main, my main note is I start off with the Morlocks. I mean, underworlders. Yeah. Morlocks, I kept, uh, <laughs> how and why do the underworlders have war machines? Who knows? They're, they're homeless castoffs. Well, I don't, they're, but, but they're, I can, I can get with that. They're castoffs from, uh, Cadmus. So, so they stole a bunch Cadmus of stuff here. on their way out. Yeah. Okay. I'm, right. I'm fine with that. I can I get with, with their castoffs from Cadmus and they stole some stuff on their way out and they live in the sewers. It's very Morlocks. What I can't get with is like, you know what the Morlocks are? Cool. You know what these characters are? <laughs> they're talking walruses and all talking right, right. frogs. Like this is stupid. I'm sorry. Little ears, little ears. <laughs> we see Doomsday, who is still wrapped up in his prison garb, making his way across the country as Superman engages with the Underworlders. Uh, it quickly becomes evident that Doomsday is not only a force to be reckoned with, but he has an appetite for death and destruction. He's single-handedly, literally single-handedly, tearing down bridges and demolishing semis. He really hates trucks. He hates really trucks. hates trucks. Yeah. Doomsday's rampage then attracts the attention of the Justice League, which takes us to the Justice League tie-in issue. Oh. They arrive on the scene to save civilians and engage the monster. Unfortunately, 
Unfortunately for the league, Superman is busy elsewhere appearing on Cat Grant's TV talk show. <laughs> I do like to think that they use this episode to expose how profoundly bad this Justice League is at their job. <laughs> like, well, they're like, Day. punch him! Like, oh, it's not working! All right, shoot him! Oh, that's not working! It's like, the creature that killed Superman. What else we're are you all in do? a coma! And the same time, they're, like, explaining their powers to each other totally. as they're, like, yeah. detail, like, well, you see, what I'm doing is my powers <laughs> of. It's just, yeah. It's like, shut up and just... Hit him. <laughs> so Man of Steel, I have a quick note about it. I just, I forgot how much I loved, uh, I can never say his name right, Bogdanovo. I love his John, art. I love John Bogdanov. Uh, Bogdanov, yes. Bogdanov, yeah. I, I also rules. love I John Bogdanov. I am not I a fan. Um, but then, <laughs> I am not a fan. I totally I get it. Wonderful. His Lex is terrible, but that's his, everything else is great. There's um, things he draws that are good. Lex is terrible. There's things he draws where I go, well, oh, one, that looks really good. And then there's other frames where I'm just like, I don't even like to look at that. <laughs> so, but what I love, once they get into that Justice League uh, fighting and he's on TV, this is where my love of this run like bubbles to the surface because the, the overarching themes are about just like violence and what is violence. Right. And right. they talk about it a lot. And here he's go, he's on, he's kind of, you Superman's yucking it up and then kind of gets called to the mat on like their tactics. Very like, you know, superheroes do a lot now. And then they're doing this like very, Frank Miller cinematic, like hop between the, you know, beat for beat, like showing these guys getting their asses kicked. And I actually, I think Justice League 69, the second issue of this, I think is really good. I think like it, it I moves agree. fast. It's not a bad it's issue. A, it's a good issue. My problems are the way these people are dressed. My God, <laughs> the costumes All right. are offensive. All right. <laughs> Absolutely All right. offensive. But, button it up. Boosters, we have guests. Booster's hair. <laughs> Oh my uh, God! Booster's got Booster's got oh luscious long blonde locks. So it's bad. The monster obliterates the Justice League, nearly killing several of them, putting Blue Beetle in a coma, destroying Booster Gold's future tech. That happens in the next chapter, but it, it's all part of it. Uh, and that is something that will take him years to recover from. After this storyline, Booster Gold goes a long time without any of his like trademark gear. Really, he like an Iron Man? Yeah, I did like, not know yeah, this. He get he gets like an like some sort of dumb looking Iron Man suit like it's bad for a long time for Booster, and then uh, during the um, of all things during the Electric Blue Superman era, uh, they have enough material left over from building Superman's containment suit to create a new superhero costume for Booster Gold, and that's how he gets his. That's how he gets his groove back. Um, he was legit so, upset, though. He was. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, where's he going to get this stuff? He stole it from the future. I've never and seen he Booster go back to the future to replace it. I've never seen Booster like this serious. And they made him very serious. Well, and it's not only that, but like in the next chapter in the in the uh, pardon me, in the funeral chapter of Justice League, which we'll he's briefly, still, briefly he's touch still, on. like walking around kind of naked, by the way. Well, because it just like just happened. Uh, and like he's mainly broken up because Ted Cord, the blue beetle is so close to death's door. Like his best friend, his brother is like right, uh, literally right. on, on the verge of death. Um, so Superman arrives just in time to save booster from becoming a smear on the pavement. And that is when doomsday gets his name. Booster says it's like doomsday is here. 
and then it, the, the rest is history. Which drives so, me nuts that when they as a, I, when they start the issue in Superman Man of Steel 18, where he's like, they're like, Doomsday is coming. Unbelievably, Doomsday is here. It just, I even at the time reading it, like as it was happening live, was like, I'm too smart for this. This is really dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's super they, dumb. Why are they already calling him? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and, it, like, and it then was, one of the things... Well, they with the Justice League, I feel like there's a missed opportunity. If you assemble what is essentially like the suicide squad of like a Justice League of just like our hat, like ragtag, like kill one of them. Yes. Have Doomsday sure. yes. destroy them. Murder like, the one. Smear on the pavement. Like, yeah. I love one. Blue Beetle. Like, I love Blue he Beetle. But died. if they killed Blue he Beetle here, then we would have been like, oh my God, this is like they're playing for keeps. This is for yeah. real. Because you know? then because then everybody would have stopped having this like inner yes. narration of going, wow, that was the hardest I've ever been hit. This yeah. guy's tough. They would have just been like, like Blue Beetle's yeah, dead. Oh no, he killed that guy. That right. guy is gone. Blue Beetle's dead. Like, it would we did not handle this well. We're bad at our job we're dressed like morons right. we should all be fired you know <laughs> all right so let's take a brief aside we gonna, talk about blood wind. i was gonna say we're gonna talk about blood wind. <laughs> we're gonna talk about blood in this in this issue uh, let's go in this issue Bloodwind, who is uh, an african-american gentleman in a white onesie with a black cape and a red gem on his chest that's his outfit and he flies around. He's got vague powers that are sort of Superman-esque, but also maybe magic, maybe some telepathy. Well, it's all very... About, he talks about, like, talking to the spirits of the dead and stuff. It's all like, very vague. Yeah, like Brother Voodoo and, style. And, but, uh, so Doomsday smashes Bloodwind into an oil refinery or whatever that place is that's full of like tankers and it explodes and it's on fire and blue beetle rushes in because he's a hero and that's what he does and he discovers something about bloodwind that is not revealed for quite some time uh, but i will tell you this now so you don't have to read it later bloodwind is an actual real character he was introduced uh, like he's a character from DC. He is a he is a guy that has a magic gem. The magic gem was once owned by an evil sorcerer sure. whose spirit is trapped in the gem. It's very like Dr. Fate. Right. Yeah, we've it's all been like, there. Sure. <laughs> like the, the Naboo lives in the amulet. Like it's all very yeah, yeah. Dr. Fate-ish. And so Bloodwind, in an attempt to free himself from the confines of the gem, Bloodwind's evil nemesis, whose name I didn't bother to look up, it's not important, possesses the Martian Manhunter and forces the Martian Manhunter to infiltrate the Justice League as Bloodwind. Oh my God. <laughs> so it is. There he is. Right that's, there. Why, that's, why it, that's why it's so. When there's when the when he's on when there's the fire and Blue Beetle's like, but why would the fire be a big deal? And then he goes, Oh, I get it now. And then he gets smashed. Okay. So before we can find out the fire Blue Beetle while while everybody else is so the Martian Manhunter's greatest weakness is fire. Right. And Blue Beetle figures it out right before Doomsday puts him in a coma. So he never gets a chance to kill anybody. So just for the record, he's the only black guy on the team. And, and he's not really a black he's guy. Not a black guy. <laughs> yes, nice it's true. job, DC. <laughs> uh, uh, well, wow. I do think that's a cool little moment. Like as much as I hate that, um, 
device for Bloodwind. I think Bloodwind's stupid. The fact that it happens in a moment in there and you were able to pull on that thread is cool. That's like, clever. Yeah, that's some that's good work, clever. Writers. But Bloodwind, like it. we all agree Bloodwind sucks, though. Bloodwind, Bloodwind oh, is, a, is, yeah. a, is, is How, peak 90s nonsense. And by the yes. way, he's a total... Okay, we got one character who's a bad guy that we let on the Justice League. I would argue that's a terrible idea. Then we have another character that's a total mystery. They were like, please... Come and be on the Justice but League. That, but that's, it's come on, that's not, that's not, that's that nothing new, though. It is scientific that he sucks. <laughs> it is science, you're right. I would argue, Joe, um, like, it's one thing if they know bad guys and they're, like, they're reformed and you can be on the team. Nah, but, like, see, but that, we no. have no clue who this guy is. Let's let him in. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, the Avengers let, uh, a team of criminals join them, like, mere moments after being criminals. They let a murderous android join them after he was like, oh, I'm feeling much better, guys. I'd like to be an Avenger now. He was now. feeling much better. You yeah. said it yourself. So, like, <laughs> the idea that the idea that a super team would be populated by a, a mystery or a secret villain, none of this is new. I, uh, but anyway, but yeah, that's Bloodwind. Bloodwind is, at this moment in time, secretly the Martian Manhunter, but not even Bloodwind knows it. He is under the thrall of this wizard who is trying to use Justice League resources to find a way to escape the blood gem. So he... Bloodwind sounds very wild storm. It, yes, it's a very wild stormy name. Absolutely. Bloodwind. Yeah. Because, and you know why? Because it's not W-I-N-D. It's W-Y-N-D. But you know, if that's extreme, bro. I think if he was, but if he was, if he was a wild storm character, he would have to be named B-L-U-D-W-Y-N. Exactly. Bloodwind. And then Joe Patrick would pronounce it Blood. No, that's what you do. You pronounce it Bloodhaven, which is not the name of the town. Wrong. The next few issues are basically one long fight scene. Superman and the Justice League continue to get their butts kicked. They're all, all they really succeed in doing is freeing Doomsday's other arm from its bonds and tearing up his outfit, revealing his scary bone protuberances, which seems like a very bad idea. I Question. Yeah. Do we think that Doomsday looked cooler when he was in the suit? Because I would argue Doomsday's hands design. Down. Down. Yeah. Hands down. Right? Yeah. I think he looked cooler when he so was like much half cooler. in. I, I liked yeah, when he was half in, up. half out, where you could like see that he was all gnarly under there, but he was still wearing the thing. But like when you see what Doomsday no, looks like. Scarier. It's Michael Myers never taken the mask off. Yes. That's, yes. And when you see what Doomsday actually looks like, I my first thought is, that's bad character design. That's just dumb. He's got bones go over his eye, so he can't even see real well. Right. Like what? He's got a ponytail. Too. He does have like, a ponytail. He does like, kind of have a ponytail. He does yeah, have true. a ponytail. We need but, uh, one thing I want to touch on that that Joe said that I have in my notes. I yep. just that I really appreciated re- uh, reading it because in my mind, like, oh, this battle goes on and yada yada yada. It's kind of like uh, it's like Infinity War where you like look back at it, you're like, that was one day. Yeah. And everything went to shit in one day. Yeah. Like Superman started the day on TV being a dumbass and ended up dead. Like the commentary right. like across it's eight, all it's that eight is chapters, very, but it is very fast paced. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, I really actually appreciated that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. We meet Mitch and his family. Mitch is a uh, quote unquote cool teen with an attitude. His He's mom so is a struggling cool. divorcee. <laughs> Their home is totally destroyed during the battle, which will be referenced again several chapters from now for some reason. Oh, we'll relive the whole thing. We will. Oh, we get it. We get it several times. <laughs> we, get, we get Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. During the battle, Superman is faced with a choice. Catch up to the monster and end things then and there or go back and save the lives of Mitch's family and the Justice League. Obviously, he chooses to go back. 
here's the thing. Superman <laughs> doesn't just like go back and save everybody. Superman spends the, almost the whole issue going, uh, I hear him screaming, but like, mm, I've almost got doomsday. Well, like, that, but that's the cliffhanger. Right, that's, the, that's the cliffhanger. And then he decides <laughs> to turn around and, that he he catches up to Doomsday. He can't just let Doomsday go, but he doesn't continue the fight. So he grabs Doomsday and smashes him down into the ground as far as he can, and then he goes back. That does not work uh, because Doomsday is obviously very powerful. So the fight continues. There is much property damage, and Superman gets a lecture from the Guardian, uh, like it's his fault or something. Come well, on, and guy. Like, what's a Guardian gonna do? That guy can't do you anything. Put it, you put it up on you put it up on your moped after the fight. Right. Like. What about this destruction? Jeez, Superman, you really messed up this neighborhood. I mean, like, it's I would have done that. You know, I'm the guardian. There is, there is a moment where Superman says it to Maxima. He's like, there could have been humans or there could have been innocent people in there she when she throws, punched them into like a hardware store. Yeah, yeah. Doomsday in a yeah. hardware store, which is very anti like Zack Snyder. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's true. It's got all that there, you know? And Maxima like, being the. I appreciated that. Maxima being the respectful member of the JLA she is says people <laughs> die in war I am a warrior and casual, I murder innocent, yeah. like, there, you, a, there are innocent casualties yeah. in every war she uh, is uh, uniquely like, unqualified to be in the Justice League <laughs> say, say whatever you want about like Dan Jurgens and, and how his work holds up he understands Superman better than he most does. creators he definitely totally does. agree and yeah I yeah, there are, there are some really great Superman <laughs> moments in here where I just felt like the yeah. character was nailed. And when I when I was go, when I was uh, when I was going back and glancing at these to make the the notes, I remembered reading the Death of Superman 30th anniversary special, which came out last week. And in that is a storyline is a, is a short story about the Guardian trying to get to the battle as hard as he can. <laughs> He's like, I'm stuck and, in traffic. No. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the things keep him away. It's like there are things like the first, like he has to he's stop. He's stuck in the Cadmus treehouse. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he has to, he stops. He has to stop. I kind of like that. Like he stops to help people along the way. Yada, yada, yada. But like, he doesn't make it like, he thinks that it, like, if only I can get to Superman and help him just like, like, what are you going to do guy? Poor deluded just, Jim Harper. <laughs> like you're no, you're no better so than Blue Beetle in that regard. So yeah. you're not, but God bless you for trying. Anyway. Um, when I, and that's why it, I like, that's why I like this story is because yeah. that, funeral friend has those moments where like, like Matt said, there's no action. Nothing happens in funeral oh for a friend. We'll get there. And I, it's like, it's like marbles though. It's like, I like it where there's just like, how is everybody reacting You're to looking this at it from God a slightly dying. different angle. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah and exactly. I, just, I love the fact that somebody's like, I got to get there and I'm not a God. So I can't get there in record time. And like, right. I would have died anyway. And, and, at least and, I would have tried. And that guardian, that guardian story ends with guardian put, put, puttering up to the scene <laughs> that we read in this story. And it's just like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> He tried his best. God bless him. God, he sucks. <laughs> uh, we are also in this in this particular issue. This is a this is a chapter from Action Comics, which at the time was drawn by Jackson Geis, a.k.a. Butch Geis in the year of our Lord 2022. That's what we call him. Uh, this is some of the absolute worst Butch Geis oh my art God. you will ever so see. Terrible. Oh, it is it's so really bad. Phenomenally bad. bad. Um, can we talk about Lois's hair for just a second? <laughs> like, uh, well, I just want to real quick. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th this is a this is a very dark time for Butch Geist. He was on Action Comics for a very long time. 
Like he drew this book. He drew this for years before this and for years after this. Yeah. Like he was a long timer on this book. And the entire time he was inked by this guy, Dennis Rodier or Denny Rodier. Uh, and his inking absolutely wrecks Butch Geis's work. Because he's a talented artist. Inking, that guy's really his good. His inking make it look like, like Sunday morning cartoons, like yeah. a serial. Like sort it's of. very so, yeah. we'll see an issue and just like we'll see an issue uh, later where he's drawing Supergirl and Supergirl like shows up and and of course everyone this is right after Superman's died and everyone's like, Superman's here. Oh wait. I guess that's not Superman. It's someone in a mini skirt. But she's like standing there, like she lands and she's standing in this pose and her hand is on her head. I mean, that's not Rody. Like, that's oh. like there's only so much you can There's <laughs> only so work. much you can have that called out as one of yeah. the most egregious pieces of art oh in this whole run. It is there's bad. another Horrible. there's another one where she's doing like a real pouty pose with Lex, you know, after she the looks de- like she's like, touching herself. It's weird. <laughs> All right. Like, keep that kind of talk to yourself. So anyway, yeah, this isn't which guy's his best work, and the inker is absolutely wrong oh for him. God, I mean, it's like it's all that time on the show that I complain about Claus Jansen inking John Romita Jr. This is it's way this. worse. This it's exactly this. It, yeah. No, it's totally this. It's blobby. It just looks like yeah. the ink spilled everywhere and it just ran into the lines. Yeah. It's just it's terrible. Uh, oh, I love this I, issue though. How much like Lex stuff there is? Did you notice that? Yes. So, like yeah, it was like Lex Peter like. Yeah, everything. It's like Lex Mark. Oh yeah, because Lex Mark. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lex Mark. yeah why not? The, this is this is uh, this is an era of Superman of DC Comics where Lex Luthor is a villain only in the background. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a Tony Stark type yeah. character, except evil. And so everything's got his name on it. He's Lex Elon Air, Musk. Lex Mark. <laughs> you know. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> And Elon Musk meets Richard Branson. Yeah, there exactly. You go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, this might be where the pouty Supergirl came from. Supergirl wants to jump in and help, but Lex Jr. is not having it. He tells her some nonsense story about her needing to stay behind to fill the void in case all the other heroes get killed. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> no, baby, terrible. you just stay here Hello, on love. my lap. Yeah, By the way, yeah, she's sitting on truth. Lex's lap. I've been right. married to my wife for 13 years. You know how many times she sat on my lap? zero okay <laughs> all right all right a pro wrestler uh, a pro wrestling commercial i had to make a special note of this oh because i love I this totally did too for matt love like, this. Gotta love a, that, matt. a pro love wrestling it. a pro wrestling commercial inspires doomsday to head straight to metropolis thanks a lot major mayhem yeah it's great but like, again i get back to english this is the whole overall like violence theme of this run. And I didn't pick up on this when I was a kid. There's so much in here about violence, like just it's violence for violence. I sake. mean, there is, violence. but I, I thought doomsday was going to go to metropolis because like he wanted to get Superman or something, but like, no, no. Superman. No, no, he no, no. Saw no. A commercial. no, no, no. It's, it's just, not doomsday is just traveling in a straight line. The heroes come to him and then he sees him. the, com- and then he sees the commercial and that's when we hear him talk for the first time. Up until now, we've only heard him laugh. Yeah, because the wrestler's like, come on down to Metropolis. And yeah, we're it's like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You'll Sunday. see what happens. You know? instead, instead of going, <laughs> Sunday, he yeah. goes, Metropolis. <laughs> and, and then, and then he sees, but then he sees a sign that says Metropolis. Like yeah, it also spontaneously gives him the ability to read. He can read. We don't need to talk about that. I, I might uh, hate that more than I hate the, the hot He also understands how interstate systems work. So he can be like, oh, so I just 
follow the. Okay, oh, got right, it. Right. Yeah. Like, all right. Like, yeah. Do you know what? Like, I will take the, I'll take to the look 404, the and then I exit on the 72 and head south, <laughs> and I'm in Metropolis. <laughs> got it. All right. I, I think to, that, to look across um, the fence at Batman at this time, like, or a couple years later, I appreciate the random destruction versus like Bane, who's like, I grew up in a prison in South America, and I heard about Batman one day. And yeah, in a right. city on and the east I coast, and I'm going to train to go there yeah. and fight him. Right, what? Yeah. what? Oh no! Then I like why, why, swam hey, to Gotham. I literally like jumped out of a building. <laughs> you got swam to Gotham. <laughs> you got mental problems, Bane. Uh, so I, this is where you can debate all day long about like where Doomsday's capsule was buried because like he can hear the word Metropolis all day long. It doesn't know mean that he knows where Metropolis is. What it is. But, or, what, like, or even what it is, yeah. right? But um, if but if he's moving, he's moving in an easterly direction. We know that Metropolis is on the east coast, I suppose. And if he's like, if he's if he lands, I think that Mitch's house is supposed to be somewhere like in Ohio. No, Ohio, yeah. So well, what if drives he's me nuts though, Ohio, is, you know, Pennsylvania, sure. and and so like it's, he just hit Metropolis uh, accidentally, eventually. But in Superman 75, because this is where it gets serious, there's no more like narrative like, oh, that punch really hurt. It's like, oh, shit, someone's going to die. Like, again, the tone shifts, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they start off with like the news or, or there's a news or a narration, but I can't remember. One of them says like for like a battle that destroyed half the country. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did, it, did it really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, where, so was Mitch's house in San Francisco? <laughs> like, be the whole country, man. That'd be the whole country. But okay, but like I guess did it start in Kansas then? Which yeah. there was an interesting parallel there that could have it's hard to try to do, but I, I I, in my in my head, I like to think it was somewhere like Indiana, Ohio. Doomsday finally makes it to Metropolis where he promptly punches Supergirl so hard she turns back into the mass of protoplasmic silly putty that she's made out of. Yeah. Okay, so now we're Love in the Man of Steel after. 19, right? Superman. Man of Steel 19 or 20? 19. Uh, 19. 19, yeah. Yeah, this is John. Back to the good art. This is where we yes, start to get Bogdanoff. into full Bogdanov. <laughs> yeah. Things get full, things get full Bogdanov because we got, a lot, we got a lot going on. Lex Lex has a full head of Shirley Temple curls. Maggie Sawyer <laughs> looks like a, okay, this is my note. Maggie Sawyer looks like a dude, and she appears to be topless under her MLB umpire chest armor. <laughs> Oh, what is happening? <laughs> I, I must have missed that as well. No, I, I remember that. Page one hundred and forty-six. I noted yeah. the page oh, right, just in right. case. Go chest to protector and nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. And she's just like, Bim "All right, we've seen Doomsday whip the hell out of Superman. Let's go shoot him in the face." <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my best pants suit. Bibbo and <laughs> Professor Hamilton take their shot with a giant laser. Oh. Surprise! It does no good. The special crimes unit shows up, but they have a dozen small lasers, which has to be better than one big one. They nope. Also, they also have the weird little wing things that shoot that's, lasers. That's Team Luthor. Which <laughs> are, I'm just, oh, that's I'm Team Luthor. Demons. I thought those were Cadmus guys. With no, the that's, team, that's Team Luthor. Okay. Uh, that's they had Cadmus tech. Maybe you're right. Maybe they were Cadmus guys. I think they were Cadmus. Stand corrected. Yeah. You're right. I made a note like. Turpin calls them Cadmus. Their costumes were. I thought. Okay. Yes. My mistake. Uh, Team Luthor comes later uh, in one of the specials that I'm not going to bother talking about. And they are all kind of like armored up. Yeah. Turpin called Uh, them 
Cadmus goons when they showed up. Cadmus yeah. goons. Sorry, yeah. my mistake. Uh, so which, Cadmus which guys Bib- show Bibbo up. and Turpin in the same scene, I was like, if they like touch, they're going to like explode. No, they're the they're same like, person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Cadmus goons show up with their flying laser suits. They also don't do any good, but they don't care. If uh, Superman takes a few hits, as long as they're, Doomsday goes down, that's what I wrote. So they're, they're totally shooting Superman too, right? They're shooting just <laughs> indiscriminately at the fight, at the people jerks. fighting. Jerks. Matt which said takes earlier, us, and I, I don't know if this was recorded, but that Cadmus is basically aim, which I think is totally they accurate. are. They're just like science David. at any cost. Mm-hmm. We don't care. We we're, we're doing science here, cost. folks. And uh, I mean, watch yeah, out. They are <laughs> uh, like they they're. So Cadmus, Cadmus's goal, it's hard to know what Cadmus's goal is, They, they other than mad science. Are they government funded? They are, I believe, a government organization because they have <laughs> oversight. <laughs> like, it's is a terrorist bad. organization. It's, okay? either, like, it's either very, like, it's either, it's either very bad oversight or the government is turning a blind eye. They're just like, yeah, please continue with God. these. It's like, what if the treasury department of the United States invented crypto, you know, like that's what yeah. it, it, all, it also <laughs> could be the fact that, like, yes, Cadmus, yes, Cadmus has, is a, a governmental organ. Oh, we know that they're a governmental organization because they try to legally claim Superman's corpse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Dude showed so, up and he's like, yeah, well, the president told right. me. You know, like, actually, yeah. we'll get there in a minute. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll it's it. great. So what it comes up with the, the Cadmus goons well, like, show that up. That would happen if, like, the world's most powerful person was murdered. There would be a massive fight over the oh, body. Oh, uh, like, a superhuman alien from another planet? Yes, absolutely. The government no, but, would, but would the, steal his body. He doesn't have, like, a warrant. <laughs> He's just like, the president was like, go get Superman's body. And from yeah, that, yeah, I extrapolated a lot of things. <laughs> you know? Doesn't he, doesn't he flash some sort of paper or something? We'll I get there. Wrong. We'll get there. Let's, we can, first we got, <laughs> we haven't even so, died yet, Joe. <laughs> thank God. Oh my God. And we are in, in deep an hour and a half in, and we are finally at Superman 75, the final fight. Doomsday has made it to the city. The final fight nearly levels Metropolis as Superman and Doomsday basically beat each other to death. Yeah. Superman, like there was something that I thought was so cool as a kid, which I know that we've seen time and time again in like in movies and other comics is the idea that Superman and Doomsday are punching each other so hard that it's creating sonic booms. Yeah, like windows are breaking. shatter the glass and all the skyscrapers. And I will say there's a lot of blood in here. Yes. And, and you know what? It, the, this affair was practically was essentially bloodless until like the Bogdanov issues. Yeah. And then Bogdanov was like, and then Doomsday stuck a knife in his side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's they like get, Superman was taking shivs to the kidneys and stuff. They get real bloody in this one. Yeah. The, 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 the art is this. Go ahead, Joe. No, the, the problem, I, like, you know, they're creating these giant sonic booms, but Lois is still they're having right a conversation there, yeah. with like, him, like, two feet away. Being, like, being Jimmy's anywhere, taking I, pictures. I, I think like, that um, yeah. like, Jimmy's, like, yeah. running up the doomsday and, like, click, 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 like, I gotta get out of here before I get hurt. Matt Matt and I, I made Matt review Superman 75 for one of our Cosmic Longbox episodes. I think we just did, like, famous deaths. Yeah. And... I think that was one of the notes that we discussed is that like 
why are they so close? Why are the civilians so close to this fight? Yes. And I have a note and here. There's a that's helicopter like, five feet above their head, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. And like yeah. Lois, and my note is Lois and Jimmy need to die. They're both morons. They <laughs> have like no Lo- business uh, yeah. here whatsoever. Like, Lois, well, Lois like close. Like he's getting clocked, like his like just spikes in his face, and she's just like how you doing, sluggers? Lois, Lois, and Jimmy are standing so close that if Superman were to punch Doomsday with his full force, they would be turned into protoplasmic silly putty yeah, like they, Supergirl. They would be a red mist, you know, they like yeah, right. They'd be like when that pitcher threw the baseball and hit the bird. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Superman dies in Lois's arms. Jimmy Olsen gets the front page shot of a lifetime and the Kents watch their son. Which, which this is my note. How does he get that shot? It's overhead. He's yeah. way above it. Yeah, it's true. Let's just talk about and that for a second because there are so many there's so many point of view problems here. <laughs> it is it's bad. Bogdan so, goes insane. I don't, no, I'm sorry. This, this is Jurgens. Well, no, this, this is Superman 75. This is Jurgens. This is Jurgens. Jurgens goes so, in. So there, the the let art me, let me, this up and this issue, there are there are pages that are like put them in the Smithsonian. These are yes. works of art, and there are others that are like, do you understand anatomy? Yes. So let me let me uh, just let me finish the synopsis real quick. It's very short because Sorry, nothing nothing happens in this comic. Nothing. Other than the one the one thing fist fight. The one the one thing happens. Uh, the Kents watch their son get killed on national television. It's all very emotional. The end. Um, this issue. Every single page is a splash page. What is a splash page, Hugo? Do you know? I'm sorry he put you on the spot page? like this. Right. I apologize. I put him on the spot. It's I fine. don't know why he's like uh, this. Uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, so uh, when uh, a splash page means oh, yeah, that, that the artwork is one whole page of art instead of smaller yeah. panels that make up a page. But the whole so book every, is like this. Every, every page in Superman 75 is a splash page. It's 20... Two pages of splash pages. And I would argue Dan Jurgens got tired. It started off as a great idea, but then he got really tired. Well, it's the like they're all. So uh, at this point in his career, Dan Jurgens, uh, it's the opposite of the Butch Guys problem because Dan Jurgens is working with uh, an inker named Brett Breeding, who is the best inker Dan Jurgens will ever work with. Yeah. And his work has never looked better than it did in these pages. Though, uh, so I'm going to say that with the caveat that this particular issue, okay. I agree, like the, the storytelling, uh, the layouts uh, in a lot of them to accommodate the fact that they're all splash pages is very dodgy. It gets wild, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, Superman 75, the death of Superman. It has happened Superman and doomsday are both deed. That is the storyline. That's the death of Superman. It's uh, seven chapters plus the Justice League uh, eighth chapter, right? We lived through and, it. We lived through it. And, and and it's a lot of walking across the country and smashing things. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, and then reacting. And when this came out in 1992... I remember reading just like everybody else in the newspaper, because that's what you did. This was pre-internet that Superman was going to die. I read the same thing about Batman. Batman was going to get his back broken and yep. he was get, getting replaced. I re- it was a two inch blurb in the living section of the Omaha world Herald. And I had to have it. I, I was like, I need, I need this. I need to know what happened. And I bought, I was able to get a copy of Superman 75 off the rack. 
and I read it and this was 1992 and I had been reading comics for a long time, but I wouldn't say that the idea of superhero death being a casual thing was really something I knew about. And so when I read this, I was like, I can't believe they killed Superman. Like, I can't believe it. Because like it was in the news. Like, yeah. They, they treated it like it was really happening. No, 100 percent. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, this was like a celebrity died out of and nowhere. Was, I mean, they, of they, did, they did. They did his funeral on SNL. Like it was a sketch. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Hold on. Yes. Uh, right. I'm Black Lightning. I had my own comic in the Black Lightning. <laughs> Sinbad was Black Lightning. Yeah. Uh, Sinbad. Sinbad. Where were you guys at in your comics fandom? And how did this storyline hit you when you were young? You know, uh, this was the first trade paperback that I ever bought, um, you know, in 93 when it when it came out, uh, you know, went to a uh, local comic shop and, you know, knew that the death of Superman had happened. And that was the thing I saw. And it was, you know, kind of sitting there on the shelf, holy grail ish to me, because, I mean, this was a huge deal, you know, growing up with super friends and the, the superpowers and every action figure and um it was just it, it seemed a total paradigm shift for for comic books to like the big guy yeah he, he's dead mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. how does it happen and uh you know just i know reading it i think i read it in just one sitting as you know an 11 year old and it was it was a super powerful book just to uh go through everybody's kind of like journey and in how they're watching it and just it's it's always the last like six seven pages of superman 75 that like you kind of get gut punched and you you really like understand the 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 story of his sacrifice in order to save everybody and he knows he like you can kind of tell like he knows like this is this is it for me and it just totally that's uh it kept me in invested in, in comics at that point. Cause you just wanted to know what was going to happen. What, what was the world without Superman going to be like? Yeah. John Tverick, what do you think? Where are you at? Uh, so I started reading comics. I got interested in comics after Batman 89, but I was too young. My parents wouldn't give me anything. And then returns came out in 92. And then the, sort of like, you know, Band-Aid was off and they were just like, all right, like, and my grandma would like take me to buy comics. So that came out in summer of 92. This came out in the fall of 92, I feel like. So I had bought like a few, like my first like comic ever is a Batman comic called Pagan with this like one-off character named yeah. Pagan. She was yeah, I know villain. what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I like, then like there's an, uh, another issue I bought called like The Fly from like I can't remember what comic Impact Comics, yes, Impact yeah. Comics, yeah, which was own, which was a license to DC at the time. Uh, the, so that so, was like my second comic or whatever, and then this was like my third or fourth comic, and then I went back. There was a, a flea market by my house on Leavenworth. I grew up on Thirty Seventh Leavenworth. There's a flea market, and this couple would like sell just came out comics, and so I then I picked up the rest of them like leading up to this. And, um, read, so I read this run like semi in real time and it just like melted my brain at like 10 years old. So like, to me, it like makes me cry every time I read it. Hugo. So 
when I read this, which is like this I week, I thought it was. <laughs> right? so, uh, this came out many years before you were born. <laughs> yeah. I thought that what when, when I got to the part when Jonathan started hallucinating that his son, about his son. Well, that's later. That's, that's later. That's it. That's that's yes, part, right? that's, yeah. that's in the funeral part. But that We're brings up that up to the Hugo, Hugo brings up a, a good point. Is that like, and I don't I don't want to give the Superman creative teams too much credit, but death of Superman seems uh, death of Superman uh, when looked at a certain way is very much like the spectacle, right? It's like. This is the cash part. Grab, grab, grab. This is give us your dollars. Uh, Superman seventy five. It comes bagged in a in a poly bag with a black armband. You know. Yeah. To this day, never seen a, one of those black armbands, but they're real. They are real. I, I know. have it in my notes. I have it in my notes. I wanted one, and I don't know anybody who's ever physically seen one in person. I know. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I, I was reading about the day. Okay, so let's just. I never read this. I skipped it. When I was yeah. like young, I was like, screw you guys. Jim Lee's working on the X Men. I don't need any of this. Like this is you were Mitch. like you were Mitch. I was totally Mitch. I, skate, I skateboarded like with my Guns N' Roses t-shirt to the comic shop, and I and I skateboarded by all the Superman nerds. Blowing, like, bubbles, with blowing oh, bubbles with your hubba, blowing bubbles with your hubba. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch chewed bubble gum, which was something I did Absolutely. not mention. So I can see how back in the day, if you were invested, then yeah, this is a whole thing. I get it. It freaked people out. I was not invested back in the day. I did not care because I was not a Superman guy. I was strictly reading Marvel stuff. That was my jam. And going back and visiting this, like as an adult who has read a lot of comics and stuff, I don't, I'm not going to say like, look, this is garbage. I'm not going to say that, but I will say, I don't know that it earns its emotional payoff. The, like well, it, like seventy five, like because I remember I only knew the image of Lois crying, Superman in her arms, and like the stick with like the S on it, and I, I remember looking at that yeah. and going like, "Wow, something, something major happened." Like that looks like an apocalypse now type moment, and I would argue. I don't think they earned it. <laughs> like I think like a monster walked across the United States. And then beat up Superman, but don't worry, Superman beat him up, and they both died. <laughs> so one point was that. Here's my here's my defense of it. So I read somewhere I can't remember who it was. It was years ago. Some comic author was like, there was an interview. Somebody who who has written Batman and had you know their bona fides writing Batman. The question was, um, how um, if you were to kill Batman, like how would you do it? Like how should he be killed or whatever? And he's just like, honestly out on patrol and a straight bullet just goes 100 and kills him right here into his brain and 100%. i'm like that's how i want my batman to die yes this is the this if you take away the ha ha ha's and the, he's a kryptonian blah 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 this is that this is there is an unstoppable physical force that killed him in one day and he started off on the news couch that's why i love it because it's like yes fighting dark side and wasn't like, and, 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 i don't and totally lens- disagree it lends credence to the idea that there are like a common complaint with Superman is that it's like, he's too powerful. Right. He's not interesting right. because he can't lose. It's and, like, well, and you could see them work for this there. time where he's, he met something that was tougher than him and he died. Yeah. You see and them they, they working. Kill them in 12 it, hours. Yeah. Right. And it's like, 
so like there's the Marvel universe, which I love, I, I, but I am, I am a lifelong DC person. I love Marvel. I, I think that they've, they've done a great job with the prominence of like character first storytelling, right? Sure. The world outside your window. Yeah. And, and that sort of thing that Stanley was so into yeah. back when he look how captain you know, America Jack's died. How did captain America the Marvel die? universe? Yeah. He's just assassinated. There you go. And, captain, but not just assassinated. They like they target a cop in front of him. Cap sees the laser and does exactly what Cap would do: pushes the cop out of the way and takes a shot. And crossbones. Except that's knew not what that was going to happen. Except that's not what happened. He was shot with a time gun by his girlfriend. Yeah, well, there was. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, anyway, lady. I understand your point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Got anyway, uh, but I, like Marvel, Marvel, yes, like they kind of perfected the idea of character first storytelling sure. where these characters had personal lives and DC did their best to kind of adapt to that. And we get stuff like the Kents watching their son getting killed on television, helpless to do anything about it. And, you know, Lois watching her fiance die and like all of the, like Batman, like his best friend getting killed, like yeah. all of these, like, and it's, and it's not all about like the death of Superman, but like DC, DC has plenty of character moments these days, but they also perfected, in my opinion, the idea of characters like this being true icons. Right. And sure. And it, and so, yes, you've got Superman who can do anything and Batman who can also do anything, but in a different way and wonder woman who is literally a God and sort of does anything. (laughs) Right. So you've got all these characters that are, you know, seemingly all powerful, but also there's always something more powerful than them. Right. And they, but they also have human lives. Like they also have humanity. And so I think that uh, DC perfected the idea of God's walking the earth. Right. And so as as uninteresting as it is for Superman to like be able to beat any foe, the idea of an enemy showing up that's tougher than Superman is a really compelling idea. I agree. I, I don't disagree. And John, I, I totally hear you. Like this is the way that like a Superman should go out. I just don't. I felt like they were trying to put the emotional heft onto a plate and then take a fork and feed me that emotional heft instead of so, just letting me live through sure. the emotional you know, heft. That, that, you know? that leads, that leads me to the, uh, that leads me to the wrap up. So um, it's a good segue to funeral for a friend. Yeah. It's a good segue. They decide, so, Matt, you haven't had enough yet. <laughs> well, yeah. So you're right. And, and it, it's true that the death of Superman is really all, style and very little substance there's some substance but not much death a funeral for a friend which is the second part of the trilogy is essentially all substance and no style oh yeah schlock and and some readers it's magnolia as a comic some readers hey i like the first half of magnolia all right yeah i love Uh, love magnolia and i love funeral for a friend yes uh, oh god some some readers that will not be mentioned in this particular episode uh will bounce hard against funeral for a friend we were going to do this 
as a two-part special, but we are two hours in, and we've only gotten our yayas out about the first chapter. So, this is now a trilogy, just like the story. We will reconvene at a later date soon to discuss Funeral for a Friend in depth with our current panel, Joe, Mr. Mick Michalunas, John Tverdick and Hugo Tverdick, the best looking guy in the room. I think you say Hugo Tverdick and his dad, John. <laughs> Hugo Tverdick and his dad, John. All right. And uh, so thank you both. Well, both. Thank you all for joining us. This is a ton of fun. Thank you, John, for the idea. Uh, John has teased on our Discord that this is just the first of many conversations of this sort that we will be having uh he Got thinks ideas. he's joking he is not joking because i am all in 100 oh yeah because this led right to nightfall and and emerald twilight and so all we may have just accidentally formed a fellowship of the ring style slack issues crew yeah like a Love can it. of worms Love here that, that will carry us through the next block. several oh. you know installments but for now, that has been the death of Superman. Thank you again for joining us. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. My name's Matt Baum. Go ahead, gentlemen. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Joe John Sverdick. I'm Hugo, and this is my dad, John, the crazy person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Michelinis. And this is the Mr. Two-Headed Mick. Nerd, signing off.